This podcast is supported in part by Australian Ethical. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We're recording tonight's episode of Irrational Fear on the unceded land of the Karag. Let's start the show. Here we go. The following program contains rude words like Mark Latham, blockchain, and Twitter. Irrational Fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Comedians, experts, laughing at the world as it burns down around us. <laughs> this is... A rational fear. Tonight, Jacinta Price says indigenous folks have colonialism to thank for lots of things like intergenerational trauma and a reboot of Heartbreak High. And Warren Mundine said he's willing to take a job at The Voice if it got up. He's also campaigning for yes if they paid him enough. And the Torres Strait was recently voted the place least likely to have a live podcast recording, but we'll show them! Live from the top tip of the pointy bit, this is Irrational Fear! This is Irrational Fear. Alright, get it going. Uh, Welcome to Irrational Fear, I'm your host, former head chef at Island Rooster, Dan Illich. And... Ah, he's off. He's (laughs) off. That got him. And this is the podcast that brings experts and comedians together to break down the biggest stories in the news. And there's no bigger story in the country today than Robbie Irwin and Heath Ledger's niece being the cutest couple on Instagram. Of course, no, that is not the biggest story at all. Uh, The biggest story is The Voice. Tricked you like Peter Dutton tricked Albo in a convincing go bipartisan. Uh, We are live on Waven, Thursday Island. Yes, there are so many public servants here they call it the Canberra of the North. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I grew up here and I was expecting a blackout. It's more like a white power outage now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mini bubble. <laughs> 
It's our friends, okay? <laughs> so, so political, so political. Uh, but of course, comedy is a public servant, so let's meet our fear mongers for tonight. He strums ukes, his jokes are nukes, he's so queer, the whole set of Queensland was named after him. It's Jay Waimara. Yeah. Jay, uh, how did you become the queen of Queensland? Oh, through sheer nerve and um, reinforced walls. <laughs> yes. Uh, in other words, with very little effort. <laughs> and she's the boss of the most powerful radio station in the Torres Strait, but instead of handing out icy cold cokes, she's here to drop truth bombs from 4NW. It's Dean Alfering. Yeah! 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 Oh, dear hometown favourite, tell me what truth are you going to drop tonight? Nothing but the truth, Dan. You know that. <laughs> During the day, he's pushing paper, but when night falls, he's dropping punchlines. Don't mess with this TT boy. It's Leon Farwood. Yeah. Yeah. Leon, tell me if people on TI meet a TT boy in the street, what should they do? Don't ask them if they're a susu boy. <laughs> means but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Stop licking your lips, Dan. <laughs> and this week he walks through the blue door and thank God you're here and he's about to launch his dad on the national stage of the Amazing Race. If you don't count Kid Leroy, he's the biggest export of Gabilaroy. Please welcome the almost too famous to be here, Dane Simpson. <laughs> Dane, is there a risk of making your dad too famous? Oh, uh, 100%. He is, a, he is a loose cannon. And I'm like, if we say his name too many times, he'll turn up. It's like, <laughs> uh, you've already filmed The Amazing Race and it goes to air soon. Yep. Um, what can Australians expect from your dad? I, okay, so, and I'll, I'll give you a little insight. This didn't get filmed, but we went to uh, Sydney. We're at the Sydney airport before we left to fly out to go on The Amazing Race. And they were about to take our phones, and I was like, Dad, do you want to ring your partner before we go? And he rang her, and I heard him go, Hey, what time's it there? <laughs> Same time zone, dickhead. <laughs> All the way in Wagga. We haven't fucking changed yet, Dad. <laughs> and he is tall and tan and young and lovely. He's also unemployed and looking for a new job. It's Lewis Hobart! Lewis, um, since you've left Triple J, have you found a new career yet? No. <laughs> uh, it's very troubling. No, my new career is unemployment. Um, it's really good. I should have done it years ago. I don't know if anyone here has tried it. I highly recommend it. Um, I'm thinking, I know you guys are all flying home tomorrow. I'm thinking I might just stick around. Um, I heard you just quit your job at uh, Island Rooster. They might be looking for a new chef. They're looking for a new chef or anyone that can cook. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we had it today. It was amazing. It was great. I had a good time. I swear, I had a good time. He's, he's a straight white man. I wonder if he'll be okay. <laughs> This guy gets it. <laughs> Some guy just yelled out, you don't have to pay tax. Yeah. <laughs> I don't does this count as an offshore haven? I don't think it does. But he's wearing... No, it's not another country, Dan. <laughs> he's wearing R.M. Williams. He looks pretty rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In that case, it counts as a stolen wage. <laughs> it's a rational fear. 
All right, so we are here to talk about The Voice. Who will Guy Sebastian pick at this season? How did Channel 7 get so racist? No, the referendum, of course. October 14, every citizen of the country will head to the polls to find out the answer to two simple questions. One, should we recognise First Nations people in the Constitution? Yes! And two, how gullible are Australian public to disinformation? <laughs> um, sadly, the fact that everyone goes to Bali on holidays and not here, I already know uh, I already know some of that. I mean, this is a beautiful place. This is so good. The question on the ballot is so simple, right? An advisory committee of Indigenous people who can give non-binding advice to the parliament on the laws that affect Indigenous people. That is it. It shouldn't be that hard. As, and for some reason, a Mercedes Sprinter worth of Indigenous people has gotten more than half the country upset. So, panel, why is that? Why, why are most Australians, according to polls, upset about this? What do you reckon? Dane? A Mercedes Sprinter. Well, you know, like it's a busload of people. That's how. That's how. That's how many people are in the voice. It's like thirty to twenty-four people. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's nothing. It's, oh, I love that you think that blackfellas are going to get on a Mercedes Sprinter. <laughs> it's blackfellas. We're going to get in a Corolla. <laughs> thirty fellows can fit in a four-seater. We don't give a fuck. What's happened here? Why? Why? Why, why is Australia all of a sudden from 65% in favour of The Voice to now going, hang on a second? It's, I reckon it's that misinformation that's out there. It's all, there's a few, like, weird people that are, that are saying vote no. Um, uh, mundane. <laughs> but I don't know if you should listen to a follow that's been punched in the head so many times, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know if he's giving out the best advice. Yeah, well, I mean, Tony Abbott went to, what, um, Oxford on a boxing scholarship, and look what happened to his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know how they stretched his ears, but they did it, they right. He's still eating onions for no good reason. <laughs> you run the radio station here. What do your callers say about this? What does the community say? Oh, I think misinformation does play into it, or no information, or not enough information, or not the right information in the right way. There you go. Yeah. Said it. Um... I have had some pest callers, I must say. From, from here? From, from inside the island? One just... uncle just keeps ringing me <laughs> and saying no. Um, oh, this isn't on the air. This is just, a, this is just in your private just, life. Can you, can you ring him back? Can you ring him back? I said, just wait. Wait, pass, wait. <laughs> is he related to Leon? Because I think everyone on the island's related to Leon. Is that right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, well... Julian Lisa, he's a Liberal MP, constitutional lawyer and referendum advocate. He said a quote that has stuck with me and has really framed reason why I am voting no. Uh, sorry, yes. I'm voting yes. I'm voting yes. I'm voting yes. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> These are rather of a gaff. So uh, ben, ben Ford was interviewing uh, uh, Alba on air and Ben Fordham said, so, Anthony Albanese, how do you spell yes? And Alba went, <laughs> Y-E, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> good impression, actually. <laughs> Here is Julian Lisa. In terms of this being divisive, I think it's important that Australians understand a very key point. The federal parliament makes uh, most of its laws that apply to all Australians, but there are a series of laws that only apply to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Uh, we don't make laws for Greek Australians. We don't make laws for Italian Australians. We don't make laws for Jewish Australians. We don't make laws for Sikh Australians. But we do make specific laws for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians. And the fruit of those laws has not always been good. And the fruit of those laws and policies is why we have this gap that does not close. 
It is for that reason that we need a specific provision in the Constitution to recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, to allow us to listen to them before we make policies uh, and laws in order to get better outcomes in education, employment, healthcare and housing. I've got two questions after that. Why don't we make laws for New Zealand Australians? I think we should. <laughs> and also, how does every Liberal MP sound like Christopher Pine? <laughs> yeah, he sounds like an AI version of a Liberal politician. In fact, he looks like a computer-generated Liberal politician. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's Dan Illich's before photo, honestly. Like, <laughs> Is that before I admitted to voting no? I, I feel like Leon does when he's on this island. I'm looking at that guy going, am I related? <laughs> there has been some analysis to suggest that no campaign is successful because of its two main antagonists, Liberal Senator hopeful Warren Mundine, who you may know from the Labor Party. <laughs> or if the voice gets up, you know him, may him from the voice because this fucking guy decided to say, yes, he would pursue a position on The Voice if it got up. That's him saying it there. He would consider seeking a spot. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that wild? It's true, it happened. And then Jacinta Price last week, she said some amazing things that I've never heard anyone say, probably for about 40 years. I'm going to play a clip and I'd love to hear... Yeah, this ought to be good. (laughs) I'd love to hear your opinion. Do you believe the history of colonisation continues to have an impact on some Indigenous Australians? Uh, no. Very... I'll be honest with you, no. I don't think so. A positive impact? Absolutely. I mean, now we've got running water, we've got readily available food. I mean, everything that my grandfather had when he was growing up, because uh, he first saw whitefellas in his early adolescence, we now have. Um, otherwise, he would have had to live off the land, uh, provide for his family. Uh, for First Nations friends on the panel? What are you most grateful for, for colonisation? <laughs> I'm just thankful that earlier today we actually got to meet Jacinta Price on the beach with the other washed-up coconuts. And... Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> Fuck, that's brutal. <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> Oh, I mean, look, honestly, she could, she, this woman couldn't spell intergenerational trauma, honestly. Like, I, I, I'm so... Di- I, I feel, like, like, a little bit betrayed and also just, like, really, Black Fellas, that's the best we got? Like, come on now. Like, it's, I, just, I, I just... I feel more confused than anything else. I just, like, does she realise that she is on national press t- talking about this? Like, this is a very serious issue. A very, it's a very serious, like, deep-seated, like, social and political uh, set of uh, annals that she is just completely disregarding. And what I find most startling is that, like, that's, that's, not, that's not being dumb or ill-informed. That's called willful friggin' ignorance is what that is, right? Like, that's the thing. And I will be running for this position in the Torres Shire next time. No, I lie, I lie, I lie, I lie. Jay! Jay, I can't think of anyone with a great voice who would be a perfect candidate for the voice! I mean, like, consider me Torres Strait's Martin Luther King. It's... Yeah, so I have a dream that one day my mother's going to beat me for saying something wrong. <laughs> and, and just on that topic, she's actually in the third row, yeah. so can you put it in the round? Thank you. Thank you. Thank 
you. That's, a, that's the pathway to success right there. <laughs> Love you, Mum. What do you think? What have you got to think? She, she literally said there was no running water. Like, it was the cleanest, freshest water. It's the, from the river, and there's no food. There is food everywhere. Like, anywhere that you could stretch the eyes at. It, it just because just she's lazy doesn't make her... <laughs> you know what we call bad hunters? No. Vegans. <laughs> Do you want to go on a limb here and thank, thank colonialism for something? I just think she did better when she was with Yamba, you know, and the honey ant. Yamba the honey ant. Just stay there, sing your songs, inspire your people, you know. Fuck off. <laughs> Leon? First of all, I just think it's ironic, you know, she's, she's a descendant from the, you know, longest surviving culture in the world, you know, over 60,000 years. And to say that shit is just unbelievable. But I think if I was going to be grateful for um, something out of colonialism, um, given that colonialism was perpetrated by middle-aged white men, um, feminism. I'm grateful for feminism. <laughs> oh, sorry, I do have a point about that. I was just dazed by the Jacinda Price thing. I am grateful because my dad came to Australia uh, as part of the White Australia policy, Dan, in 1953 as part of the blonde hair, blue-eyed Dutch immigration. So, you know, I'm half of half of colonisation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Along those lines too, is because my, my granddad was white. So and and like all. Do you my know family, what, Dan? So was mine. <laughs> We can be related. Oh, well, maybe. (laughs) If we follow both timelines, eventually that'll be true. (laughs) All my family are black, like they're all dark skinned, but I'm the youngest in my generation. And for some reason, it's gotten, I'm the lightest in my family. But it's cool because now we've got someone that can talk to the cops. Um, uh, I, I am actually thankful for one thing about colonisation and it's the fact that after this I have the ability to invoice you, Dan, so thank you. <laughs> so, so thank you for that part. And, and as far as TI is concerned, two words, air conditioning. Oh, <laughs> Lord have mercy, thank you. <laughs> now, the... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, six members of the panel. What part of the country do you think I'm from, brother? Like it's... <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, the madness didn't stop in this press conference. David Rowe went off a bit off-piste a little bit later. I don't know why he decided to ask this question, but he went all a bit academic and thought he'd, you know, wade into the situation a little bit more. Let's have a listen. We're moving into an area that goes well beyond the voice, but it is interesting, you know, I, I have talked to Indigenous people, and I'm sure others have too, who talk about generations of trauma in Indi- among Indigenous Australians as a result of colonisation. Whether that means that colonisation continues now is probably a separate question, but would you accept that there have been generations of trauma as a result of that history? Well, I guess that would mean that um, those of us whose ancestors were dispossessed of their own country and brought here in chains as convicts are also suffering from intergenerational trauma. So I should be doubly suffering from intergenerational trauma. No one's more oppressed than me. I'm the victim here. It's such a... Is that like a a special, like, subject that she went to? Like, generational trauma maths? (laughs) 
It was really bizarre because I wanted to play that because I don't agree with it, but I was like, if that's a room full of Liberal Party people, I'm like, they would think that's pretty funny. <laughs> but she's yeah. totally wrong, of course, because convicts, they were integrated into the economic system, they were given land. First Nations folks were excluded from those systems. Yeah. Like, it's totally wrong. What do you think, Dan? Well, fuck, if you could tell them to go back home, they can. <laughs> Whereas we fucking live here. Yeah. I mean, London's very expensive these days. <laughs> I know rent's pretty crazy on Thursday Island, but I mean, London's nuts. Yeah, but I bet when you go there, your sinuses will clear up real quick. <laughs> Leon, did you want any in on that? No, I just think she's a clown. I just yeah, lost her words. You just go, of course she's going to you know, be part of the coalition and Liberal Party. It's just the shit that they, they would... That's how she's gotten to where she is. Yeah, dead. I got no comment. I said what I said before and I still mean what I said what I said before. <laughs> Stick to singing. That's <laughs> funny. Well, maybe the tide is turning on the voice. Over the last couple of days, you would have seen in the news, thousands of people in capital cities marching in support of The Voice. That made me feel so good. We're here in the Torres Strait doing a show about The Voice, which is great. And, but, you know, despite this glimmer of optimism, the polls are pretty bad. But the only people who answer their phone calls to do polls are boomers who don't know any better. So maybe the rest of the population isn't picking up those unknown numbers and we still have hope. You are kidding yourself if you think any black is going to answer an unknown number. <laughs> is... <laughs> That's the bill, man, if I fucking... It... <laughs> I owe him money. Nah, 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 money. <laughs> you might have seen a couple of weeks ago, Albo was interviewed by ACA. He took time. He was very, very gentle, very, very easygoing with ACA, but ACA was, you know, pretty uh, hand-wringing, hysterical. And so I made this sketch because it made me so annoyed. The sketch you're about to see has been seen by over a million people. Albo himself retweeted it, reposted it, because I think he felt that maybe it also summed up his experience with the media as a whole. What is the voice to Parliament? It's an advisory body. Yeah, but with all due respect, what is that? An advisory body? Yeah, I've never heard such a thing. I mean, how do you even pronounce it? Advisory body? Advisory body. Advisory body. Advisory body. It's just a group of people. Like a gang. Not a gang. A group. A horde. Not a horde. Posse. Just a group. It's very divisive language, isn't it? Language that you're using. How many are in this so-called platoon? Group. 24 nationally. A busload. Less than a busload. A high ace of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Slightly more than a high ace. Descending on Canberra on occasion. Peddling influence. Giving advice. Using your taxpayer dollars. Yes. Hang on, let me get this straight. The Voice to Parliament is a group of 24 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who give advice to Parliament. Yes, you've got it. Yes, Minister, but why does it sound so scary? What? Maybe it's the tone you're saying it in. Do you, do you want to try it again? No, Minister. Oh, go on, give it a little try. Uh, the Voice to Parliament is a group of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who give advice to government. Eh? Huh? <laughs> yeah, give me a round of applause. <laughs> it's my podcast. You know. yeah. Cheer! Yeah. A million people had seen it yesterday, Dan, and after tonight, two million people. <laughs> You know, one thing about that video is, like, I made it in a hurry and the audio is a bit a bit distorted and I'm like, oh, no-one will ever see that. <laughs> I won't reshoot it. <laughs> Dane, you want to play The Price is Right? Oh, absolutely. This sounds <laughs> fantastic. Everyone, give it up for Dane Simpson. Thank you. And Leon Firewood. 
the hosts of the new version of The Price is Right. All right. Uh, me and Leon, earlier today, we went around your beautiful little island and we found some plants, some little things that would, I don't know, they cost a little bit differently to what they would <laughs> on the mainland. Is that, is that what I call it? Mainland, yeah. All right, so... I thought that what we'd do is we'd play a little game between the white fellas up here. <laughs> Hello, that's which, me. Which one? If you can't like, tell. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they know. <laughs> <laughs> the ones with money. And I am... Um, <laughs> uh, and, and so what I thought we'd do is... Uh, so me and Leon... Leon's going to uh, write down how much money, how further away they are. This is how we're going to play the game. So you're going to, you're going to guess mm-hmm. how much you think. Right. And then when we reveal how much it costs, whoever was furthest away, we'll add them up at the end and we'll see who gotcha. the biggest loser is. between. Because right now I'm struggling to figure out which one's the biggest <laughs> loser. <laughs> All right. So we're going to play The Price is Right. Oh. Thank you. It's Dan versus Lewis. Can I say thank you for using a photo of me from 2012 when I was <laughs> hot you, AF. <laughs> you look very seductive, actually. You do. Oh, look at those yeah. come hither eyes. I look like a young Russell Brand. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Wrong, wrong reference, wrong reference, wrong reference. That's a photo, but yet I can see your eyebrow raised like this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. What do you think? Full cream milk, three litres we're Ooh, looking at. It is uh, Dairy Farmers, proudly as Aussie owned, it says on the bottle. So well, obviously. I've done a full lap of the island yeah. and I haven't seen any cows. <laughs> <laughs> so. I did get a coffee from. The island Stars, baby. Island Stars. That costs $6. Yikes. Oh, and, and and I feel like a I feel like a bottle of milk is similar to a cup of coffee. Ooh, maybe. So I will say five fifty. I'm going to undercut you a bit. I'm going to go three liters. This is classic three dairy farmers straight up. I'm going to go four fifty. Some giggles from the front makes me feel like I might be a bit off. <laughs> there are, you there should are be people shaking the their stern heads looks here. of all the black fellas in here. <laughs> Let's have a look at how much it costs. Seven pounds. Jesus Christ. Oh, my, it's a great time to be lactose intolerant. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, well, 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 I reckon we could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it is time to import cows. You'd make a killing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I, I thought I'd start off with the staples, so obviously we had milk. Okay, all right. Our next one is going to be bread. Oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I just added, due to the moans in the crowd, I've added $3 to my price. I'm like, oh, I've added being gluten intolerant. (laughs) All right, Um, keeping in mind that in in the mainland, in Woolies, the the bread that they cook is a dollar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's bad, a dollar, but I reckon you get good bread for like $3.50. What what, what do you you reckon this? I'll go $7. I'll go $7. I'm that's, loving this. That oh, seems, thank you. Yes, thank you. Oh, that's really nice. Seven dollars is cra- like that's straight up white bread. Yeah, that's, that's what I call you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, uh, I just let that hanging. I'm like, here, this is coming right back. I can feel it. Let, let me try. That's straight up wonder white. <laughs> that's what I call him. God damn it. <laughs> I'm really okay. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go um, six dollars. Six dollars. Seven. We've got those scores locked in. Yeah, yeah. Six dollars, seven dollars. That's in, Leon. Yep. Price. 
$800% inflation. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, jeez. My God. Wow. You need right. a lot of dough to buy that bread. How, mm. how does anyone eat? Thank you. Thank you. You should deduct extra points for that. <laughs> this, right. this podcast is my best comedy podcast. <laughs> We're moving on to another staple. Oh. Sunshine powdered milk. Oh, what wow. the hell? That's what blackfellas have. Yeah. Is that right? Where I come from. Damn. Wow. I'm okay. shoot. Powdered milk is uh, a staple. Yep. Shit. Okay. I don't know. I think this is like, Lewis, I think this is like a vet. You're, you're a new dad, so you would, you would know about this kind of price in the mainland, right? No, no, no. We're. Um, you're pumping and dumping. We're, this we're, isn't for infants. It's not, for, oh, right, this right. right. Is, this is adults. This not to give too much information away, but we're still breastfeeding. So <laughs> <laughs> I say we. I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah, but Lewis, in order to make that, the cows go. <laughs> But but also like I know like I know this is a very popular product in Sydney and they've got it like trapped behind. No 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 no. That's 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 kids formula. Oh, that's different. Yeah yeah yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah this yeah, is yeah, just. Yeah. This oh, is, this is just milk. Yeah, you oh, add shit. water and you got milk. You are very white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'll say twelve bucks. Twelve. Oh. It only makes three liters. Oh, it's got to oh, be cheaper okay, than right. the three liters of milk. Right. Eight dollars fifty. Actually, why am I telling you that? Surely that's super cheap. It's got to be two bucks. I'll go eight dollars fifty. That's four hundred grams for everybody's. Yep. Yep. So what have, what have we got? Oh, this is a small amount. Four hundred grams. Yeah. Two two dollars. Two dollars. I mean, it's got to be cheaper than the actual milk. Right? I'll go eight dollars fifty. You're gonna eight dollars fifty because it makes three liters, and you can just buy three liters. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. I see what you're doing here, Eddie Maguire. <laughs> okay. Four bucks. You're gonna go four bucks. <laughs> Let's do that's, it. That's all right. What? Yep. You ready? Yep. Got it. Let's have a look. Oh! It's more expensive than regular milk. It sits in the cupboard forever, though. Uh, but how how long does it take you to go through three liters of milk? Uh, I've I reckon I've eaten ten year old. What? Why? I just found it at the back of the cupboard wow. and had a spoonful. Ah. And you know when you do that cough because it's dry and you go, <laughs> <laughs> this white powder just comes out. <laughs> <in. laughs> I know for a fact this show costs three three packets of Sunshine Instant. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for buying three packets of Sunshine Instant to come to this show. Wow. Oh. All right. We haven't got many more. Oh. Yeah. I love that somebody just yelled yes. <laughs> Dana's just clicked through a picture of Hamper Corn Beef Original and everybody sighed. <laughs> No, it wasn't a sigh. That was a salivation. Oh, <laughs> oh really? I like that. All right, so what we're looking at is hamper, corned beef, original. Um, some people say bully beef. I don't know if that makes its way up this way. 340-gram net canned meat, basically, for the people who don't know. Well, from what I've learned from canned milk is that shit gets more expensive in a can. <laughs> Which is crazy, because that happens nowhere else. My, in, so in Walgett, right, where my mob's from, we got Spam. But this yeah, is a sure. bit better than Spam. Yeah. Hmm. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Spam by the Sea. Who said yes? Spam by the Sea is so <laughs> funny. And my dad used to hide it in his undie drawer. Just, <laughs> so we've just got some on hand at any given time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, without all right. referring to all the right, crowd. I'll, I'll go all 11 right. bucks. I'm going to go 11 bucks. You got $11? I reckon more. I'm going to go 13 $13. <laughs> 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 
This is good. I love, this is really I love, good, yeah. This woman is saying so much prices, right? She's like, 27, 25. Switch. 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 Yeah. No, no. We've got them locked in, Leo. Oh, actually, I missed all that. What's going on? <laughs> I'm going to go $11. $11? Yeah, 11 and you're going eleven. I'm thinking with eleven. Ah, you're all wrong. <laughs> they're, both, they're both saying eleven dollars. Eleven dollars. Four forty. You're shopping at the wrong store. <laughs> all right, let's have a look. Eight dollars sixty. Ooh. Ooh. I missed out on the car now. I actually, having never seen that in a supermarket, I don't know how that compares to mainland prices. It's, I, have you ever eaten? I've never eaten tin, tin corned beef. This is not shocking. <laughs> it's me, your friend, Wonderwhy. <laughs> you're what I have it with. <laughs> Say it, Jay. Because all things white need some kind of flavour. <laughs> as the most common condiment used by the people on this island, all right? I, I just I want to put soy sauce chicken on you. You are a bowl of fucking rice, dude. <laughs> oh. And because you're not used to the humidity, it looks like a bowl of gluggy fucking rice, too. It's true. I'm a Victorian. This humidity's crazy. I'm, 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 I'm looking at you and I am triggered right now. <laughs> Never right, more I'm, have I been I'm thankful done, to done, be I'm slightly done. Lebanese. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bowl of soggy, gluggy rice. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Lewis, that's how Tin Meat is how I knew I lived in an all white suburb. Because during COVID, that was the only shit on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> you get him, huh? <laughs> this is our last item. We've got. Vavel soft luxury soft oh, toilet ten. paper. It's twenty four pack. Twenty four pack, three ply. That's good stuff. It's good stuff. I'm trying to get a gauge from the. T- what are we? What are we? Think? I mean, thirteen dollars. Fourteen. Fourteen. I'm gonna go eight twenty. Twenty. Eight twenty five. What? I'm gonna go twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars. I'm gonna go twenty five dollars. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm going to go 15. There's no fucking way it's $25. <laughs> yeah, 25. A dollar a roll, you're saying? <laughs> well, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Did you say yeah. $25? I mean, he's been more right than me on every other occasion so you're far. You're saying 25 Yeah, yeah. Is that wrong? And I mean, depending on the third 15. row. I'm going 15. All right. Okay. I'm going 25 All right. We've got a mountain. What are we, 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 we on here? Let's have a look. It was oh, 15 no, he's got one. He's got one. Coming through. Oh, that was a big one, though. You're way off. That might have gone. That might have made up for all my other mistakes. <laughs> that's it. Let's. Uh, who is our winner? Oh, the winner was not Lewis. Oh, oh. there's the winner. Yay! Yay. I want to thank that woman and this woman. <laughs> Yay. I don't want to thank Aaron Williams. To, to tell you the truth, I I predicted. He looked like he hasn't gone to the shops in his life. <laughs> <laughs> I had a prediction. Obviously, the winner is. Fucking no one, because these prices are way yeah. too high. <laughs> Give it up to Leon and Dane for prices. Yeah. Next up, we got Leon. Take it away, Leon. Cool. So we get an opportunity to do a set. So I'll just do a quick set, um, and we'll always they all take our turns. But um, usually, when I do comedy as a black comedian, it's to a white audience. And sometimes, woke white people they don't know whether to laugh at my jokes. Uh, can I just say? <laughs> can I just say, laugh? It's not fucking 
racist to laugh, but it might be racist not to laugh. <laughs> also like to start off my sets by doing acknowledgement of country, so I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which we meet, the Kaurig people. But in that same spirit, I'd like to acknowledge the future owners of the land in which we meet, the People's Republic of China. <laughs> too soon, too soon. Now you're right, just wait China, just wait till we get our new nuclear subs. In 30 years time, that we share with two other countries. And it's our weekend to have them. Then China, then fuck around and find out. Now I don't know who needs to hear this, but there are two indigenous races in Australia. One is the Melbourne Cup and the other is the city to Hobart. also two indigenous races of people, so the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, any Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people make some noise? Yeah. Any white people in the audience? Just kidding, I see you guys. <laughs> but, um, you know, statistically we only make up 3% of the population, uh, but once upon a time we made 100% of the population, and see, that's what happens when you let the boat people in. <laughs> Remember, it might be racist not to laugh, guys, it might be racist not to laugh. I was at a corporate dinner recently, and um, someone asked me, what are you? And I said to them, I'm Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. And they were like, oh, wow. You get all the benefits. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I beg your pardon, which is corporate speak for get fucked, dickhead. <laughs> and I thought, that's a really negative stereotype. You know, you might have seen one brother or sister at, at, at Centrelink and then all of the rest of us are on Centrelink. You know, I thought, what if I did that to white people? Like I'm always seeing white people sleeping with their step-siblings and their step-parents all the time on Pornhub. <laughs> Do I think that all white people are into incest? Well, yes, actually. Because there's a lot of it on Pornhub. And I'm always thinking to myself, these white people are nasty. <laughs> For the record, I'm right-handed, so I have to look a bit unco with my left, that's why. Um, but I'm a TI boy. TI is an acronym for totally irresistible. Thursday Island, Thursday Island, where every night is late night shopping. I didn't get a joke, I didn't get a laugh here last time I told that joke, because it's fucking true. There's no fucking late night shopping here, so no one laughed, but um. There's Ireland. I am. Um, I'm a proud black fellow. Very proud black fellow. But it's really hard being a proud black fellow when you're brown <laughs> and look like an Indian brother. <laughs> Sick of coming to tear and people think I fucking work at Ireland Rista. <laughs> like, hey, Leon. Sorry, we thought you from Ireland Rista. <laughs> no, no. Uncle Frankie's not my dad. Um, but you know, when, I, when you look like I do, you can't even pull up on the side of the road to answer a call, because people just jump in your back seat. <laughs> the first time it happened, it freaked me out. I looked back, I was like, what are you doing? And they were like, oh, sorry, we thought you were an Uber driver. <laughs> I was like, do I look like a fucking Uber driver? Just get the fuck out. Don't answer that, just get the fuck out. It's like, T.I. doesn't even have Uber. You know, I, I know I don't look like a, you know, stereotypical black fella. I, I'm 44 this year, that's actually 55 in white fella years. <laughs> you know, and I accept, I accept that. Uh, and the reason why I don't look like a stereotypical black fella is because mixed in with my, uh, my heritage is uh, English, Scottish, Welsh, Chinese, uh, Polynesian, and Papua New Guinean heritage as well. And I don't know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking, man, that's a whole lot of intergenerational, interracial sex. <laughs> bloody earth, bloody earth. Um, 
And my mom used to always make a point of reminding me of our mixed cultural heritage. She'd always say to me, Leon, you're a real fucking mongrel child, you are. <laughs> but I like to think of myself more like the poster boy for multiculturalism and cultural diversity and Pauline Hansen's worst nightmare. <laughs> she see me coming, she's like, I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. I'm Leon Fowler, thanks guys. That was great, Leon. You know, one of the one of the interesting insights we've done in our research is that um, women in Western Sydney change their votes from no to yes when they find out that Pauline Hanson is voting no. It's very like low kind of low voter, low information voter stuff. Like, how do we get more people to know that Pauline Hanson is voting no? What did they no? think she was voting? Well, people just don't know. People just think, oh, Pauline Hanson, she's the nice lady from Sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get, how do we get more people to, to know who Pauline will know what what how Pauline Hanson is voting? I mean, you don't want to get her back on Dancing with the Stars. Maybe Dane can give up one of his spots. <laughs> get her on. Uh, thank God you're here. <laughs> Everyone could be like, oh fuck off, she's here. Yeah. <laughs> See how many times she can change her opinion in the space of like ten minutes and just call her a boomeranger. It's. Just... <laughs> Your fear is rational. G'day, Irrational Fear listeners. Just popping in here to say, yes, this is the uh, the ad you've been promised. It's an ad for our sponsor, Australian Ethical, Australian Ethical, uh, awesome folks. They uh, they basically manage money ethically. So if you've got a whole stack of money you need to do something with, but you don't want to put it into things like weapons, human trafficking, fossil fuels, a new police academy film, they won't invest in those. They'll invest in good things, things that are sustainable, um, promote businesses that do incredible things in the environment, around health, around equity. That's the kind of people you want looking after your money. That is Australian Ethical, and they are the sponsor of Irrational Fear. Big thank you, Australian Ethical. Hope to, um, you know, hope to, you know, um, work with you again because, you know, we like money, but they, Australian Ethical, according to their ads, they love money. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. This is Irrational Fear. What is rational fear? It's based in fear. Taking the saddest headlines and giving them a little tickle. Please give it up for Dane Simpson. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Ooh. I'm going to go Jay first. Jay Waimara, you're next. Oh, 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 okay. oh, oh, there we go. Sorry, Jay. 
Okay, well, um, look, I guess uh, two, uh, two Island followers up front with their stand-up first. I, get, I guess that qualifies for a very special round of funding. Um, that's... Hasn't <laughs> uh, get the locals to do it first. <laughs> make, yes, make way for the moderately famous Aboriginal comedian on stage. <laughs> moderately. Uh, no, no, no. Moderately. That <laughs> You said that to me earlier today, dude. Like... <laughs> You're not lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. You know Kid Leroy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what I love though about like island people and uh, the Torres Strait Islanders in general. Yo, as in guests, like we are the we are the kings of we got to talk straight for you. We're not going to like mince our words. We're going to tell you straight. I see all of the uh, uh, black fellas over this side are going yes, and all of the white people going it's true. <laughs> They told me I was a teacher, and they're like, "Are you?" <laughs> uh, and, uh, and like, this is an example. Like, I, I had to like really rack my brain about what for like speak your plot tonight. So, um, white people. Um, now, obviously, some of you uh, understand like a bit of Creole, and I want you to know that doesn't count as cultural knowledge. But it's. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, so you what? shut your what? mouth, Aaron Williams. Okay. <laughs> no, yes, okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, no. Absolutely. I, I would ask if you're the sober driver, but I feel like that ship has sailed. So it's. <laughs> Uh, but the reason why, I, like, I had to, I had to rack my brain tonight because um, for, for your play, like, I had to like think, hey, this is my first gig ever, like Yahweh Island, like I've had. My comedy- <laughs> That's it, yeah. And so, and whenever I started my comedy career, my mum always said to me, it's like when you step on stage, son, always tell them, you tore a straight. And then when I sort of became an adult, I'm like, well, the straight part's not correct, but. It's- <laughs> You're all laughing and mum's just going, mmm. That that head shake, what's he got dirty there anyway? (laughs) I love you, mum. (laughs) And yes, this is going to be an awkward car ride home. (laughs) I am so grateful your mum is here. (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to deal with what happens after this, dude. (laughs) At least it's a short drive. (laughs) He doesn't know he's walking. Unlike you, I disappear at night, Leon. Um, <laughs> Out. Natural camouflage. <laughs> yeah, so I racked my brain for the best story tonight, and uh, like, what's kind of straight talk story that like you got all T.I. man, and there's plenty to choose from. But I'm going to uh, tell this very particular story. Now, it's about uh, one of my mum's best friends, one of my, you know, like, like close aunties who's obviously not in the room right now so if she hears this podcast well actually frankly if one of you fellas end up telling her which you will <laughs> get Emma <laughs> I, I, I just want you to know that this story is told with love and appreciation and it's just about like a very fond memory I have about what happens when island people talk to you directly uh, for all the white people I will be talking in Creole and uh, I'm sure that there'll be like an overdub of an English translation on the podcast so, so yeah, here it is We'll figure that out. So here it is. Uh, so my mother and I, you know, so we had to, and we had to go pick up saucepan from Auntie Dulcie Cook, <laughs> who lives in quarantine. And quarantine, uh, prior COVID, was a suburb. Um, <laughs> But now, since 2020, it's taken on a whole different meaning. 
but it actually was, you know, it was a suburb. And quarantine, for those of you who've been on TI for long enough, like, Tomway Town may be considered the Bronx, but quarantine is where the motherfucking gangsters live. Like, 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 you know, like, countrymen countrymen of the stopwork quarantine, like, they could rob you with a set of tongs, man. Like, it's just, it's that rough over there. Over there, it's like one one communal dog owned by the roundabout. Like it's just, you know. So so we probably go for Auntie Dulcie's place, and um, and uh, Mum said, all right. I was like ten, and she sent me up the stairs. Go ask Auntie Dulcie for the saucepan. So I knocked on the screen door. Go up the stairs, knock on the screen door, and um, uh, there my sister girl, Ritha Moy, cook her do- uh, daughter. She um, opened the door, and I said, Hey Moy, how are you? And, I get, uh, and she goes, oh yeah, no, which way, Bala? And I said, yeah, no, mum, you're downstairs. I'm just here to pick up the saucepan we left here last week. And she goes, oh, all right. And Moy didn't leave the screen door. She must have just hold the screen door and then be Allah from down the hallway. She goes, mum, Jordania. <laughs> and I said, ah, one and one. Annie Dulcie came from the room. Hey, one and one. I was like, I said, M2 Auntie Barbara, yeah, they come for the saucepan. It's fun. Ah, which saucepan? And she goes, which saucepan? <laughs> the one that has my mum's maiden name written on it in marker. <laughs> like, okay. I said, like, now the one you got Auntie Barbara named it with a side. I was like, ah, ah, okay, you can look for him. No, I don't want to look for him. Okay, speak so then wait there. I go put the brapas. <laughs> for those of you who didn't understand that, Annie Dulcie told Ritamoy. <laughs> Tell, tell Jay to wait there. I'll look for it. I just need to put on a bra. <laughs> Moy didn't repeat it. She just looked at me and went, you heard that, didn't you? <laughs> and that's the end of the story. <laughs> I went back and waited down in the car and mum looks at me and says, which way the saucepan? I said, it, it's coming. <laughs> Yes, uh, and that's what I love about island people. Like, we, we just, we, we speak directly. And uh, in order to honour that particular quality of my beautiful people, uh, I'd like to uh, perform a little sketch for you. Uh, because we're, we're talking a lot about the voice to parliament, uh, I have a, an interview for the uh, Department of Indigenous Affairs, a series of questions. Their representative uh, for that interview will be played by Dan Illich, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Come forward, Dan. There we are. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Okay, uh, now, uh, now, uh, because you represent uh, the, the um, Office for Indigenous Affairs, yes. uh, your office did send over this, uh, the pre-approved questions, and apparently all you need to do is answer yes. Okay, yep. Okay, we'll start off with some very simple questions, and then we'll work our way up. Uh, okay, is your shirt black? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever been interested in a black woman? Yes. <laughs> Uh, during the day, is the sky blue? Yes. Does the government have a vested economic interest in marginalising Indigenous people? Yes. Would you like me to get, make some easier questions? Yes. <laughs> okay. Do you think that uh, a voice to parliament is necessary? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that there will be some progress that comes from this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you know any black people who aren't just acquaintances or press junkets? Yes. Is that a lie? Yes. <laughs> I now release you from this torture. Thank you very much, <laughs> And with that, Esso Yukla, thank you very much. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha,
that was so great. I regret not wearing a bra to this event. <laughs> you can borrow one of mine. <laughs> Which is just one that mum doesn't wear anymore. Um, okay, okay, that was too far. I apologise. He's definitely walking. <laughs> Please give it up for the least famous person on our panel, Dave Simpson! Hey! Oh, <laughs> uh, that's so... I, I genuinely... I got to meet at the old um, Minister for Aboriginal Affairs, his name's Ken White, uh, at, at a conference, and my dad came to the conference and he wasn't meant to, and I was trying to usher him out the door, and as we get in there, Ken White was coming through the other way of the door, and he went, hello. Oh, hey, Dane, how you going? Who's this? And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, this is my dad. Um, Ken, this is Ken White. Dad, this is the Minister for Aboriginal Affairs, and my dad said, I know you can white, but can you black? (laughs) 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 I just love, I just love that your dad is such a content machine. (laughs) It's, oh, he had no idea how accurate he fucking was, to tell you the truth. Anyways, um, yeah, thank you so much for having us here. This is amazing. This is such a beautiful place that I love coming here. Thank you. Yeah, the colours are TI, but I'm the I'm Aboriginal, so it's cool to be feel feel so welcomed and, and like to have these places named in lingo and to hear like the the language, even Creole. Like it's cool to hear that stuff. And I know that they're starting to do that in mainstream Australia as well. Like in Melbourne, they they call it Nam, uh, which is the traditional name of Melbourne, which is cool. I love I love that they do that because now when I say that my uncle fought in Nam, people don't look at me weird. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> He's a tough man. <laughs> my my uncle is this tough guy um, from Walgett, right? And he used to used to play fullback in the footy team. And this is how tough he was. I was a kid. I used to go and watch all these games. But this game in particular, like that, there was an all-in brawl broke out across the field, and my uncle ran from fullback ninety meters just to punch a guy. <laughs> and we're on the sidelines. I'm a kid, just going yeah. <laughs> and then the, the touch judge ran on the field and went up to the ref and he's just like, oh, excuse me, ref, number one for Walgett has run 90 metres and punched that guy. And the ref is going, number one for Walgett, come here. And you see my uncle just going, <laughs> fuck, you heard him? I had to run 90 metres to punch that dickhead, you come here. <laughs> It's good to be here. Um, I was trying to think of, like, like my dad, because my dad tried to teach me a lot about my traditional people. I, I live in Wagga Wagga, but I used to go up to Walgett during the school holidays and dad would take us out and teach us about our traditional people, the Gimbleroi people. And, and we'd, I remember this time he's trying to teach us how to pull crab pots in, right? And we, we borrowed Michael's boat. We're out on the river. I'm nine. I'm watching him and he's, like, pulling in a crab pot. I remember that because he's bent over the boat and he's going, son, you've got to pull it in quick. That's the trick. Right? And I'm a kid. I'm watching. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's easy. <laughs> but then I heard a boat coming down the river. Hey, like it was just loud. And it was just, whoa, and it was coming straight for us. And then he just cut his engine off and came in parallel to our boat. And it was just one guy in the boat. And he was staunch. He was yelling at it. He was like, oi, it's illegal to put crab pots in this section of the river. Do you know who I am? I'm the fishing inspector. Right? And Dad was taken back. Hey, he's like, oh, I, oh. 
Thank fuck, I thought you were the fellow who owned these crab pots. Him, but he's a dickhead. Hey, like, I'm, I'm... <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, I do a lot of jokes. I, I, I love Wog. Wog is like one of my favourite places because it's just blackfellas. Just, I, I love... There's this popular cafe there um, and, and I, I can't remember the name of it but all the cops drink there so all the blackfellas call it Hog's Breath. Like it's... <laughs> I love it. It's one of my favourite things. Um, okay, so what we should be talking about? Uh, the voting, yes. I, here's, here's my thoughts on the voting, because a lot of people are saying, oh, I heard some Aboriginal people aren't voting yes, and I'm like, yeah, you fuck. But 83% the stats are of Aboriginal people believe that you should vote yes, right? And that's pretty high, isn't it? Like, when's the last time 83% of white fellas ever fucking agreed on anything? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, still people think Shannon Noel was robbed from Guy Sebastian. <laughs> Back in the Australian Idol, hey, like that's uh, I don't, um, also, uh, yeah, Pauline Hanson, obviously she she says no. Um, think of it in this way, right? Oh, oh, Pauline Hanson in Walgett, they call her the dingo because she's a red dog. <laughs> uh, but I think of it this way, hey, like for the, and this is particularly for the people who don't know where to vote. Who should I vote? Like, I don't know much information or whatever. This is what all you need to know, right? That, that you're, you're getting off a sinking boat. You've got to get into a dinghy. There's two dinghies. You don't know where they're going. You just know you've got to get into one. And in one of them is Scott Morrison, Tony Abbott and Pauline Hanson. <laughs> and in the other is Tom Gleeson, Celia Pecola and fucking cool people. <laughs> Which dinghy do you get? You know what I mean? Like, that's a no-brainer. I'm fucking... Not only am I getting in that dinghy, but I'm putting a hole in the other fucking one. You know what I mean? Because they put the dumb in referendum. You know, like... (laughs) Thank you. Um, uh, Okay, this is the... Last thing, I don't don't know. I just wanted to trial out a joke. And I'm doing the um, AFL debate um, that's coming up soon and I, I don't know if this is funny so let me know I, okay I don't know much about AFL I don't know why they got me to come it's just a thing yeah and I know about NRL that's that's go fucking Queensland yeah, yeah like, playing into the field and, but here's the thing is my I got my mate I, was, I told him I'll share your carton if you teach me like the fundamentals of AFL Right, so we're just lining up for goal, right, and he kicked it, and I was like trying to, and he missed. And I was like, <laughs> you missed. And he goes, no, 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 it still went through the sticks on the side, so it still counts. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> you missed. That's the goal. And he's like, no, 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 I attempted it, so it still counts. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Right, and then I'm kicking for goal, right, and he's showing me, and I kicked it, and it went straight through the sticks. And he's like, that's one point. I went, why? And he goes, because I touched it. I went, yeah, but you didn't block it. <laughs> Still went through the sticks, mate. And he's like, no, 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 I attempted it. <laughs> so it still counts. I was like, oh, I didn't know that that's how. So then he dropped me at home and I went inside and I got the cart and I gave it to him and he pulled it out and he goes, hey, there's only one beer 
left in here. And I was like, yeah. Look, the thing is, I attempted it. <laughs> so it still counts. <laughs> Thank you, you absolutely left it. Love it. Let me just ask the crowd, would you get in a dinghy with Dane Simpson? <laughs> we'll get in with his dad. <laughs> Give it up for Dylan. Uh, Dylan. <laughs> Dane! Sorry. So, I just called you Dylan again. But uh, that's very close to Dilrock. It is very uh, close. Do you want to explain why? <laughs> so the footy gig that I'm doing... Right, I, I had a look at the, the list of people that's on there and I was like, oh, this is weird. Why do they get me? I'm from Wagga Wagga. Also, I know nothing about AFL. And then I looked at the cast and the guy who pulled out is a Sri Lankan guy called Dilrook who looks exactly <laughs> like me. <laughs> he came here? Yeah. Yeah, they just interchanged brownies. <laughs> we were driving around, because um, uh, we were driving around uh, the other day, we stopped in front of Island Rooster, and I don't know who, but some bingay um, <laughs> just went down the window, looks at Dane and goes, Hey, Briggs! <laughs> <laughs> How do you get mistaken for everyone else? <laughs> That's, this is what I wrote. Yeah, I'm, I'm a beautiful man. <laughs> this is true. Everyone, give it up for Did Alfarang. Yeah. Oh, come on, Dan. I'm going to talk about climate change yeah, now. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck, you've been on about the bloody yes vote. Now I have to get all serious about things. No, let's do it. This is what we hear. This is just what the show's about. I wrote this yesterday, and I, then I had to put these things up. Well, I didn't. I just organised other people. So I've been a bit busy. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Um, so this is fresh from my brain cells. Um, I'm going to do an ecosystem report, uh, and we're talking about climate change adaption and resilience in the Torres Strait. So, <clears throat> monitoring, monitoring, monitoring a sustainable sea dugong sanctuary, sea grass, sea waru, sea total, sea hawksbill. Management, management, habitat. Who's tat? Habitat. <laughs> Ecological, cultural resources of the region. Stop from KK to Mustangal. <laughs> Some say. Another man speak. He can't. <laughs> Invasive species, native species. Biosecurity, security, action plan, environmental police working against the rising invasive species, not the two-legged kind, that overstayed their welcome a few hundred years ago. <laughs> We've already adapted to that strategy for them. Um, but you know, the feral ones, the cane toads, the horses I'm talking about, the nasty plants. Hmm. Okay, anyway, um, marine debris. Debris. That sounds like cheese, doesn't it? Debris. <laughs> <laughs> what have we done about that, Torres Strait? Well, we weave. We are weavers. We're weaving ourselves out of it. That's what we're doing with large, scary bundles of churning nets for years coming our way. Nets, 
kilometres of ghost nets, we become able to make artworks out of them, installations, state, nationally and internationally recognised works of artistic excellence. Yeah. To say, wake up, people, the industries and the seas. We are raising awareness of another man's dutty. <laughs> and we're creating artistic and creative weaving and making it in a very important environmental message out there for caring for sea country. Okay, next one, data collection. Data collection improves decision-making. Who's making the decision? We need to protect the Torres Strait's environment. And I just don't mean the early detection of outbreaks of crown of thorns, starfish in the Torres Strait, but the early detection of well-meaning bureaucrats from Canberra and down south trying to come and help us to manage and monitor and secure and data collect our way out of stock sustainability. But of course, the big one, ladies and gentlemen, the rising tides of our life. The sea walls we've built, we need more. The ongoing need for developmental plans and how to adapt to deal with the environmental crisis. A think tank in a water tank. Symposium, a strategic action plan that's planning an action to think. <laughs> Tank, water, none. Our cultures and our community and identity must remain strong. What am we gonna do now? We gotta talk about it. We gotta sing about it. We gotta dance about it. We gotta go court about it. Fighters fight, our ancestors are with us, and resilience is real, banana peel. <laughs> I think that's all I had, but I had one more thing, sorry. <clears throat> Biodegradable. Before I go, I just want to talk about wrapping. I ask you, how much our foil do Torres Strait Islander people use in one year? <laughs> you think about that. Every kai kai, every party, every tombstone, wedding, our foil. We wrap it, we store it, we take it. Can we use less, people? Can we go back to our leafy ways? Are we just foiling ourselves, maybe? <laughs> this is Diad Alfred reporting from Wyben. I sub you, you sub me. Well, if you don't, you know me now. I'm completely coconuts in a good way. Kemoeso, lakane. Oh my God, that you is... need to start a slam poetry night on this island. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was that was no, that was beautiful. That was I love so that. Good. Hey, what, what are these ghost nets you're talking about? What are they? Another mandati. <laughs> <laughs> what 
What's that? What is it? What is it? Another man's dirty rubbish <laughs> flown from, well, actually boats. Another man's dirty, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, nets from across the sea. Uh, Asia, really. What do they come on, come across like like tumbleweed or something? They cut them because they don't need them. They turn into balls of um, debris. Right. Wow. Well, God. And the, we, we're talking about when it comes to stuff like climate, and you're talking about data collection and the bureaucrats. Do you think do you think the voice would help in anything like that? Do you think they will cut out anything? In your honest opinion, I think it's a human thing to get your environment cleaner as, as anybody wants yeah. to do that. Yeah. It's a global issue. It's a global issue. You know, I think, yeah, maybe the highlight here is that we have, you know, the issue of climate change affecting us in the next seven to 100 years. So I think the spotlight on Torres Strait's issues is important and hopefully our people and our leaders at the table will make that an issue if, if we get onto that advisory body. <laughs> Um, if, if, if Australia says yes. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, dear. Also, GhostNet artwork pretty much goes out the window with that as well. So chances are if we get rid of it, Kayaf goes out of business. <laughs> One interesting argument from the No campaign is there isn't enough information. Um, but um, turns out there's, uh, there's a little bit. Here is uh, Peter Dutton. Hi. Peter Dutton here. I'm calling on Albo to provide more information on the Indigenous voice to Parliament, but not in the format of a 270-page report. That's too much information. And not in the format of a series of one-on-one consultations from constitutional experts and the Prime Minister himself. That information is too oral, and as you know, I'm hard of listening, which is why I refuse to hear members of my own party advocating for a yes position. You could try to make a pamphlet with pictures that move when you pull a little tab, but it'll go straight into the shredder. If a report, briefings, conventions, pamphlets, a decade of development, and even lobbying from my own party won't convince me, Peter Dutton, maybe there's another reason that a former Queensland cop is against an Indigenous voice to Parliament. I just can't put my finger on it. But if I did, I'd have to vocalise it and then I'd have to sue myself for defamation. And maybe that's the only detail that's missing. Oh, <laughs> Please give it up for Lewis Hover. Yeah! Wonderwhite! Thank you so much. You know what? I'm actually coming around to the nickname Wonderwhite. I quite like it. Um, first of all, hello T.I. My goodness. Thank you so much for having us. Um, this is, without doubt, the nicest place we've ever done this podcast. Um, we've done it at the Sydney Opera House. It's fine. It's fine. But it's no thirst. I mean, look at the views. Feel the breeze. It's beautiful. But I have just learned that house prices here are worse than Sydney. I am sorry to hear that. Wow, too real. Nothing. Okay, fuck. Uh, look, like the rest of this panel, uh, you're taking a call? That's amazing. <laughs> I've never seen anyone take a phone call at a comedy show before. That is, without doubt, the most rock star thing I've ever seen. Thank you. That is genuinely incredible. Who are you talking to? The Australian. <laughs> Your grandson. Shit. No, don't hang up. We'll wait. Lewis, 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 you're not from here. You're picking on the wrong woman right now. <laughs> No, I, I fully, I was like, I'll wait. I'll wait. 
from? Trust me, bro. <laughs> you don't want her grandson coming down here, bro. <laughs> All right, well, look. Uh, before I get beaten up, I would like to say that... <laughs> Like the rest of this panel, uh, I'd like to see the yes vote succeed. But right now, as Dan was saying, the polls aren't looking great. So I've got some ideas that I've had to turn the yes campaign around. Because look, a lot of the people voting no, they look like me. So maybe I could have some insights into my fellow Wonder Whites, my fellow slices out there. Now these aren't necessarily the real reasons to vote yes. Because if you're a white Australian and you're voting no, you're not listening to reason. But if you are voting no, that means... Uh, you, you know, we were talking before about all the people who are voting yes. Paul Kelly! Paul Kelly! If you're a white Australian and you're not listening to Paul Kelly, you'll listen to him at Christmas. I know you will. Why not listen to him in October as well? Look, I'm not a specialist in the world of campaigning, but I am a lifelong people pleaser, so I know what it feels like to say yes when every part of your body is screaming no. So I think I can use that to help the Yes campaign changed some minds. Here are a few ideas I've had for Team Yes. First of all, we need to stop saying the Yes vote is losing. It's not. It's an underdog story. <laughs> the, the Yes vote is Rocky in Rocky 1 and Rocky 2, but not Rocky 3. Because <laughs> in Rocky 3, uh, officially, if we were looking for the underdog, that'd be Clubber Lang, played by Mr. T. <laughs> I know that's a lot of detail, but I'm trying to make this so that even Peter Dutton could understand it. <laughs> the yes vote, for those people looking for an Australian underdog, it could be someone like Stephen Bradbury, right? But I think we could get a specific underdog reference for each state because we need each state to vote yes. So the vote is looking quite bad in Queensland, right? I've been looking around in Queensland. So I think we need to start telling people in Queensland that the yes vote is like the Maroons at Origin 2017. <laughs> Game two, New South Wales, they're a game up and they're looking to end the dynasty until who comes along? Jonathan, the S-Man Thurston. Yeah. That's right, Jonathan, he ignores a Caesar-ending shoulder injury. Who's with me? Who remembers it? He kicks in at the death to set the boys up to win at game three. Who's with me, Queensland? The yes vote is Jonathan Thurston yeah. in game two in 2017. See, that's called pandering to your audience and it works. <laughs> the yes vote needs to do a little more pandering. But the problem is, unfortunately, a lot of the no voters are racist and no one likes pandering to racists. Well, I mean, a lot of the no vote loves it, but the yes campaign have struggled to win the racists. Now, one of the problems uh, with racists is that racists don't like being accused of being racist. You might often hear them say the phrase, I don't have a racist bone in my body. Heard that one? Uh, now that's because they've confused racism with arthritis. <laughs> it's actually very common. Yeah, if they need an osteo, that's right. That's right, they need to drink more milk. You can get it in powdered form, I've seen the price. It's expensive, but it's worth it. No, racism traditionally, it's not a bone-based illness, it's more skin-based. <laughs> but the reason I bring up racists is because right now the referendum has three types of voters, right? I'm going to bring them up here. We have... Lewis Hover. <laughs> he's voting. Um, no, we have the progressive no vote. You might have heard about that. 
Uh, we've got the progressive yes vote. Uh, we've got the racist no vote. And then there's a gap, okay? So that means right now there are two paths to no and only one to yes. So this is a little bit out there, but I think what we need is a racist yes vote. <laughs> now I don't, I'll admit this is gonna be a bit tough. All right? Strap in. Yeah, but I've had a few thoughts on how we could win them over. So what do we know racists love on social media? We know they love using a Holden Commodore as their profile photo. Now the Yes campaign already got John Farnham to use You're The Voice as their song, right? So what if we convince Holden to change the name of their SSU to a Yes Yes U? It's not bad. You know, racists will be driving around with a bumper sticker for the Yes vote they don't even realise. After that, all you have to do is rebrand a jet ski as an a yes ski, and racists will have an armada of yes voters on sea and land. Now, the biggest tactic of the no campaign, of course, has lent on fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of change, fear of progress. The obsession with detail that they keep bringing up, detail, 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 that's all about fear, you know? They're creating the idea that this voice is a sleeper cell to full indigenous revolution. But anyone who has ever worked in the public service would know that if you're planning on using bureaucracy to launch a coup, the coup will end up being watered down in a million planning meetings until it's nothing more than a friendly cup of tea. <laughs> now the government just doesn't give power away, but the no campaign keeps saying, if you don't know, vote no, right? But being afraid of change in these votes has cost us for decades, right? We had the chance to become a republic. But we were too scared. And now we've still got King Charles as our head of state. Thank you, yes. But in the 70s, did you know, another referendum, well, it was actually a plebiscite. We're not about the Constitution. Same thing, right? We had a chance to make Waltzing Matilda our national anthem. Did you know that? We had a plebiscite to make Waltzing Matilda our national anthem. But you know what we did? The voting cowards of Australia made us do Advance Australia Fair, a boring song that has a second verse that no one knows except nerds and camera. <laughs> we could have had a song about a guy who steals sheep, runs from the cops, dies in a billabong, and then haunts the billabong as a ghost. <laughs> that is the coolest national anthem in the world. Instead, voters chose a song that uses the word girt. <laughs> If you don't know, vote no, you'll be making a massive mistake, even bigger than that. And if that doesn't make you girt with fear, just remember, Paul Kelly is watching you. Thank you very much. That is it for Irrational Fear. Please thank all of our fear mongers for tonight. Lewis Hubbard, Jay Wamara, Dane Simpson, Dean yep. Alphanick, Leon Farwood. And give it up for Dan Illich. Yes, big thank you to Deer for organising this incredible event. That's so good of you, Deer. It's so, really good. Uh, please give it up to Deer. She did such a great job. Thank you, Mr Pedro, as well. Last minute uh, off the plane for tonight. Yes, thank you. Thanks for Trish for setting up and um, everyone else to come tonight. I think it was very good. Yeah, please give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah. That's really good. Absolutely. This has been really fun. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night! Yeah. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is supported in part by Australian Ethical.